Paul, Silas, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace and peace to you. We always thank God for all of you, mentioning you in our prayers. We continually remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers loved by God, that he has chosen you, because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit, and with deep conviction. You know how we, how we lived among you for your sake. You became imitators of us and of the Lord. In spite of severe suffering, you welcomed the message with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. And so you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. The Lord's message rang out from you. Not only in Macedonia and Achaia, your faith in God has become known everywhere. Therefore, we do not need to say anything about it, for they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. They tell how you turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the coming, coming wrath. Anyway, let's pray. <clears throat> uh, gracious Father, we want to thank you for uh, Jesus. We thank you that Jesus is indeed the Lord of the world. And uh, we thank you that we can have a relationship with you because of Jesus. And now, Father God, as we come to think about your word and as the children do so next door, we pray that your spirit would be working, that uh, he would be uh, uh, informing our minds and transforming our hearts. We would be the people you would have us be. And we ask all of these things now in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, many years ago, I, was, I didn't have much to do one day, uh, so I thought I'd have a crack at writing an article on Wikipedia. Now, everyone know what Wikipedia is? Everyone sure about that? If you don't know what Wikipedia is, it's the... Online encyclopedia, which is completely free to use. And the reason it's free to use is that they don't pay anyone to write the articles. In fact, anyone can write an article. Uh, you could write an article, I could write an article. You can write an article on any topic that you want to write the article on. Uh, and you can have it published on Wikipedia. Uh, you can also edit other people's articles to improve them uh, and if you like I think there's a process whereby you can delete other people's articles as well. And so I thought I'd have a crack at it and write an article on, on the topic of the Port Macquarie Presbyterian Church. So I wrote about the history of the church uh, established in about 1840 by the uh, early Scottish pioneers of the Hastings Valley. Uh, I wrote about the uh, uh, theological heritage of the church uh, and in the Reformation and the, and the uh, beliefs of the, of the church until I was fairly satisfied with the article. And so I then um, uploaded onto Wikipedia and it was published. However, I soon discovered 
that I had unwittingly stumbled into a great controversy which divides the dedicated devotees of Wikipedia. There is a worldwide Wikipedia community of people who are fanatical about Wikipedia. And within that uh, community, there are two groups. On the one hand, there are the inclusionists. Now, these are people who believe that Wikipedia should be the depository of, uh, a great depository of information which allows for articles on any topic, any person, any event, any organisation, any sub anything whatsoever, no matter how insignificant. In fact, uh, the person who founded Wikipedia is a man by the name of Jimmy Wales. And Jimmy Wales is very firmly in the inclusionist group. Uh, famously, he once wrote an, wrote an article on Wikipedia about the topic of his favourite butcher's shop. And so he's firmly in that group. On the other hand, so there's the inclusionists. On the other hand, there are the deletionists. The deletionists. Now, these devotees, they believe that only articles about notable topics should be allowed on Wikipedia. And so they spend their days scouring Wikipedia and, uh, and de detecting and deleting articles on topics which they consider to be non-notable. So what about an article about a church? What would make a church notable? Uh, notable enough uh, not to, be, to fall victim to the deletionists. In our society, there are various ways that churches become notable. Some of them not so good. But uh, on the positive side of things, uh, some churches are notable because of their architecture. When you think about it, some of the most strikingly beautiful buildings in the world are church buildings, aren't they? Uh, think the, the great cathedrals of Europe. Think even some of our own cities have got some fantastic uh, church buildings, really great works of architecture. Or a church might be notable because of the, the gifted and uh, famous preacher who ministers in that church. Some churches are notable because of that. Other times it's the great size of the congregation. Um, Andrew and I, a few weeks, a few Sundays ago, we visited a small church in South Korea. Uh, which only had 30,000 congregation members, a fraction of the size of other churches in that city. The most notable has 800,000 congregation members. The notable church. What makes a church notable, not according to Wikipedia, but according to God? Today, as we ordain and induct new elders for our church, it's good for us to spend these precious minutes considering uh, some core values. Uh, because as Ben and Tim and Andrew take on leadership in our church, they need to be reminded of what it is that they are to lead us in, uh, what it is that they are to lead us to be. And it pays for all of us to be reminded of what God wants us to be.
as a people, as a church. Uh, it's all part of the, the leadership thing. Now, if you care to open it, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1 is a great passage in that regard because it tells about a church which the Apostle Paul considered to be notable. Um, have a look at what Paul says uh, about the Thessalonian church in verses 7 and 8. Uh, he says uh, about them, he says, And so you became a model to all of the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. The Lord's message rang out from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, your faith in God has become known everywhere. Now, you'd have to say that they were notable, wouldn't you? Um, Macedonia and, and Archaea, um, think basically Greece, uh, they have become a model church for the Christians in that part of the Mediterranean world. Other churches look to them as the model. They're notable. Uh, the message of the Lord, we're told, has rung out from them as they have uh, shared the gospel as they've spoken to others about the Lord Jesus Christ such that their faith in God has become known, what does Paul say? Everywhere. And friends, they did that without the internet. They didn't even have a website. There was no article about them on Wikipedia. But they were notable. Notable in those ways. What was the key to their notability? Well, I think it's worth thinking about how the Thessalonian church was established. Um, those of you who've cruised the Mediterranean and the Aegean seas will know that Thessalonia, uh, Thessalonica is a city in Greece. And in Acts chapter 17, we're told that Paul and his friends were the first Christians to travel to, uh, to Thessalonica in order to preach the gospel. When they did, uh, they did as they normally, was Paul's normal custom, uh, went first of all to the synagogue. After all, reach God's people, the Jews first, and then the, the Gentiles. And ha having arrived in Thessalonica, over three Sabbaths, that's three Saturdays, they preached the gospel of Jesus in the local synagogue. And when they did so, there, was a, uh, there were some Jews who actually turned to Christ. We're told that there was a, a large number of God-fearing Gentiles who also believed. They believed. They repented. They put their trust in Jesus. That's a great outcome, isn't it? That's what we pray for, isn't it? But there were others uh, who didn't believe. There were others who became jealous, others who persecuted them and tried to drive them out of the city. The gospel's like that, isn't it? The gospel divides people along those kind of lines. But nevertheless, a brand new baby church was born. And now, in 1 Thessalonians, writing to them a number of years later, Paul reminds them of their beginnings. That is how they were established. Verse 4. He says, For you know, brothers loved by God, that he has chosen you, because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit, and with deep conviction. You see that? The gospel came to them with words. The gospel is a word thing. 
The gospel is a message. Messages are conveyed with words. But it's not just words that it comes with. It came also with power. What's the power that Paul's talking about? It's the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, do you remember uh, in John chapter 14 when Jesus was to leave his disciples and go to his death and then his resurrection and ascension to heaven? When he told them that he was leaving them, he wouldn't leave them alone. He would send the counsellor, the Holy Spirit. And what would the Holy Spirit do? Well, the Holy Spirit would convict. That's his work. The Holy Spirit would convict the world in regards to sin. He would convict the world in regards to righteousness. That's God's righteousness. He would convict the world in regards to judgment. Some people don't believe in judgment, do they? But he would convict the world in respect to judgment. That is, the, Th the Thessalonians, they didn't just hear Paul mouth some words in preaching the gospel and say, hey, that's interesting, we believe in you, we believe you, and then just go and live their life the way that they had previously. No, the power of the Holy Spirit is a very deep convicting power. Uh, God's Spirit takes hold of the words of the gospel like a sword and uh, uses those words to penetrate our hearts. He penetrates our hearts. He softens our hearts. So that through the message, it's not just our brains being informed and coming to an intellectual assent. It's our hearts being transformed so that our lives are changed. Now, I guess I should ask the question, has that happened to you? Have you experienced the life-changing transformation of the Holy Spirit through the gospel in your life? Well, the Thessalonians had... That's what happened to them. And over the years, they became truly notable. Not notable because of architecture. They didn't have a building. They met in houses. Not noticeable, notable because of their great preacher. I mean, even Paul had moved on elsewhere. They were not notable for their size. We don't know any people that actually were part of their church. But in verse 3, to Paul, they were notable because of three things that he rem remembered about them. And he remembered to God about them. They were notable for their faith, their love, and their, their hope. Faith in the gospel which produced their works of ministry. Uh, ministry is always, right ministry is always founded on and based on and motivated by the gospel. The death of Jesus on our behalf and his resurrection from the dead. They were noted for their faith in the gospel. They were notable for their love. That is their love for God, their love for each other. That's how Jesus said people know you because of your love one for another. And for their love for the world. And uh, when we've experienced the love of God in our lives through the gospel, that actually prompts us. Uh, and it prompted their labour in serving. It prompts us to serve others just as in Christ God has served us. They were known for their faith in the gospel. They were known for their love. They were known for their hope in Jesus. And hope inspires you to, to endure, doesn't it? Hope inspires you to persevere. When you're going through tough times but you see that there is an end in sight, 
that God has, uh, has, that God has actually given us the heavenly reality, then that actually inspires us to endure, to keep on sticking at being Christians, being faithful to God, even in the face of suffering and great difficulties. Faith, love and hope. The notable church. Uh, in July 2008, about 650 Wikipedia devotees met for a conference in the Egyptian city of Alexandria. Now that was a very symbolic place to meet uh, because Alexandria in the ancient world, in the early part of the uh, 3rd century, under the rule of the Ptolemies, those of you who are into that sort of thing, uh, they established uh, what was uh, hoped to be the greatest library in the world. Uh, it was the greatest uh, depository of information. It was the Wikipedia of the ancient world. Understand that the uh, Library of Alexandria is underwater now. Uh, so, so stick to Wikipedia. That might uh, be better for you. But it was symbolic because Wikipedia sees itself as being the great library of Alexandria uh, of the modern world, the great depository of information. The conference was reported on in an article in the Wall Street Journal. And the article in the Wall Street Journal discussed the importance of Wikipedia and the issues that it faces. Allow me to quote to you from the Wall Street Journal. I quote, In Wikipedia terms, a culture clash has emerged between deletionists and inclusionists. Deletionists want to keep the bar relatively high. Recently, they managed to delete the Port Macquarie Presbyterian Church, New South Wales, Australia, on grounds of non-notability, end of quote. How do you like that? <laughs> well, that's us, friends. Noted for our non-notability in the Wall Street Journal. Uh, the article was written by a renowned American author and historian of science by the name of James Gleick. Uh, a Pulitzer Prize uh, finalist on three occasions, Gleick has been described as one of the great science writers of all time. Uh, in 2011, uh, he wrote and had published uh, this book. Uh, it's, it is entitled The Information, A Theory, A History, A Flood. And uh, this book, as you can see, it's quite thick. Uh, it outlines the history of, of, of human beings communicating with one another uh, from the ancient you know, drums in the, in the jungle uh, through to the internet. It describes the development of human communications and analyzes human communication, that history. Uh, it became a New York Times uh, bestseller and it was listed by Time magazine as one of the best books of 2011. 
and it includes a discussion on Wikipedia as well. Uh, it talks about the issues that Wikipedia faces and you guessed it, on page 385, let me read this for you, quote, in, in, in talking about the deletionists and their successes, uh, quote, in 2008 they succeeded in removing an entry on the Port Macquarie Presbyterian Church, <laughs> New South Wales, Australia, on grounds of non-notability, end of quote. <laughs> oh dear. The irony is that we are actually now notable for being non-notable. But the Thessalonians were notable for their faith, their love, and their hope, which is all about the gospel. Um, you see it in verses 9 and 10, don't you? In verse 9, uh, Paul tells them what other people are saying about them. And he says, For they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. They tell how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and the true God and to wait for his son from heaven whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath. That's what people were saying about them. And what's this saying about Jesus? Well, he's saying that, he, that Jesus is God's son who came from heaven. Saying that Jesus died and God raised him from the dead saying that Jesus is coming back. It's saying that there is a coming wrath. And friends, the great news of the gospel, the great thing which has created us as a people, the great thing which is at the very core of who we are, is that Jesus, by his death on the cross, has saved us from that coming wrath by absorbing that wrath upon himself. It means that we can now enjoy a relationship with God unimpeded. A relationship with God that we enjoy now and goes on forever and forms the basis of that hope that should be the thing which notes us as a people and as a church. And so like the Thessalonians, we now, we now place our faith in the gospel of Jesus. We ought now to love God, to love each other, to love our world because we know just how much he has loved us. And we can live our lives not for the idols of this world, not for those things which people use to fill the vacuum they've left by getting rid of God out of their lives. We can now live our lives like the Thessalonians turning away from the idols of this world because we've got a sure and certain hope in the next world which keeps us enduring and persevering in our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, word for Andrew, Ben and Tim. As a leader in verse 6, Paul was able to remind the church of how he lived whilst he was with them. They saw his faith, they saw his love, they saw his hope and therefore, they were able to imitate Paul as Paul imitated Christ. 
In fact, uh, later on, he, in chapter 2, he talks about the kind of relationship that he had with them and he says that you know, he and his co-workers, he said, we were like a mother caring for her little children. Uh, we loved you so much that we were delighted to share with you and not only the gospel of God but our lives as well because you've become so dear to us. That's the model of leadership that we see in these pages. Faith, hope and love. Uh, Tim and Andrew and Ben, by God's grace, please lead us in these things. Which of course will be much easier for them to do if we're willing to be leading those things and wanting to be leading those things because we think that these are the things which are truly notable. So friends, when you go home today, what are you going to do? Look up Wikipedia. If you do, you'll find no article about our church because we have fallen victim to the zeal of the deletionists. We do not have an astonishing building uh, or a famous preacher or a huge congregation we are non-notable. Although the thought occurs to me, and it's now very tempting, I think that there is now scope for someone here to write a new article about our church for Wikipedia, don't you? A new article. Any, is anyone interested in doing that? Feel free to do it. It would be fun, wouldn't it? We could, be, we could have a stack of fun with the deletionists. Because we're now notable. We are now cited in none other than the Wall Street Journal and in a New York Times best-selling book written by a Pulitzer Prize finalist. And all because we have become the example of the success of the deletionists. By deleting us, they have actually made us Notable so that we cannot be deleted in the future. <laughs> a new article based on our non-notability, that would really mess with their heads. They wouldn't know what to do about it, would they? Friends, let's be notable in the things which matter to God, shall we? Faith, love and hope. For when Christians truly embody the gospel like that, you know what happens? Well, that's when people truly take note. And some people don't like it. They're unnerved by it. But others are drawn to the God whom we served because of they see our faith, our love and our hope. Let's be notable like that, shall we? Will you join with me in prayer? Gracious Father, we want to thank you that we can have a faith, a love and a hope because of Jesus and what you've done for us through him. We thank you so much for his death on our behalf, for his resurrection to new life and that uh, you have shed abroad your love into our hearts by your Holy Spirit. Father, help us to repent of those areas of life where we're not really trusting in you, where we're not loving each other and when we're not actually displaying a hope that is heavenly based. 
Help us to be the people you'd have us be. We pray for our leaders, especially our elders, that they would be men who embody these great truths. We pray that we would be people who value them, value these great truths in our own lives, that uh, they would be the, the DNA of our congregation that would shape our lives and bring honour to you. We pray these things now in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.